0: And it's almost here. It's almost here. Finally, the end of the year that is 2020 is almost upon us. 36 days left to go, I think. How will you feel about this year passing into history? Will that make you sad? Or, or like many, will you be glad to see this year be in your rearview mirror. 2020 has been a tough year. It's been a, a tough year for the world with the coronavirus epidemic. It's been a tough year for our country. We're on top of the pandemic. We had so much civil unrest, so much racial unrest, neighbor against neighbor, even family members against family members over political Matters, it seems. And of course, all of the uncertainty leading up to and following the election. It's been a tough year also for various folks here at Newport. Maybe it's been a an especially tough year for you. And in the light of that, I wonder, do you ever finding find yourself asking the question... Of why, Lord? How long, Lord? What's wrong, Lord, with this world? Why, Lord, is life so hard? Why, Lord, is there, is there so much strife and pain and suffering? So much pain and suffering in your life, in others' lives, in the world? Have you ever felt like you're oppressed, that you're opposed? Why? Why is life like this? Why is the world like it is? Well, our sermon passage this evening gives us some answers to those questions. So let's submit our understanding to what God tells us is true in His Word. Our sermon passage this evening will be Romans chapter 8, verses 18 through 28. And if you'd like, you can follow along in your bulletin. I've got it printed out there. Or if you prefer, you can follow along in your Bible. For using a pew Bible, that can be found on page 944. So let's now prepare to submit our to the reading of God's holy, living, and inerrant word. But before we read God's word, let's ask for God's help. Pray with me again, please. Lord God, we thank you for your word. Your word which helps us to make sense of our lives and to make sense of the world. Lord, show us glorious things from this portion of your holy word, we pray. Amen. Amen. Look in our sermon passage, Romans 8, verses 18 through 28. Paul writes, saying, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the firstfruits of the Spirit, we also groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we are saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. For those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to his purpose. This is the word of God. Well, in this passage, we learn why life is so hard. We learn why it is that the world is so messed up. And what we learn from this passage is that the world is held in bondage to corruption. That's what Paul says in verse 21 and we we learn in verse 20 that all of creation has been subjected to futility. Is that something that you can relate to? Can you relate to those feelings of futility? This passage tells us why you feel that way. And and how does that play out? How does this futility that Paul speaks of, how does that play out in our lives and in the world? Well, in response to being subjected to futility and being held in bondage to corruption, this passage tells us in verse 22 that all of creation groans out as if in the pains of childbirth. Think about that, childbirth. Creation groans in the midst of the pains of childbirth. Childbirth, there's there's a glorious thing that lies on the other side of those birth pains. A new life, a new glorious life. Is, is to be found on the other side of that pain, that suffering. And because of the expectation and the, the hope of that greatly anticipated new life, one is able to endure that suffering, that suffering which they face now for a time. Because although those pains may be great now, soon enough they'll be over. And a great reward, a great blessing will be realized on the other side of this momentary suffering. But why? Why has the creation been subjected to such bondage to corruption? Well, although it doesn't say so specifically in this passage, previously in this letter, Paul has told us, what it is that has brought, brought this about. And of course, it's sin. It's the consequences of the fall. Romans 5.12, Sin came into the world through one man, Adam, and death to sin, and so death spread to all men. All of God's creation has been subjected to futility and held in bondage to corruption. Because when Adam and Eve listened to the serpent, rather than listening to the voice of God, and they ate of the forbidden fruit, sin and death and decay and corruption and futility entered into this world. Romans 6.23 The wages of sin is what? The wages of sin is death, decay, corruption. Sin came into the world and death to sin, and so death spread to all men. And even the world has been corrupted by the corrupting effects of sin. It's true, the ground will still produce for us, But it will produce uh, for us only along with the pain that comes with the thistles and thorns that the ground now produces. Things aren't the way that they were originally intended to be. That's true for creation. and, And so creation wars against itself. With floods and hurricanes and tornadoes and and wildfires and things like that. And and our bodies also war against themselves. And that's what we call sometimes cancer. Or other such things. And because of this corruption which has entered into into the world. A little bitty microscopic virus can kill millions of people. And so in the face of all this, we're confronted with the question of, is there any hope? Is there any hope for things to be any different? Is there any hope for there to be a change to all of this brokenness that that surrounds us? Well, of course, you know as men and women of faith that yes, yes, There is. We can have hope and we can give thanks to God because of what this passage promises. And what are some of those promises that are found in this passage? Well, God promises that there's going to be a future full release from this bondage and this futility. He promises that that there'll be a full release from bondage for creation. We see that in verse 21. And God promises in this passage that that there'll be a full release from bondage also for those who, who have been redeemed by Jesus. We see that in verse 19 where Paul speaks about the revealing of the sons of God. And he speaks about that again in in verse 21 and verse 23 where Paul speaks of us eagerly waiting our full, complete, realized salvation. Which is what Paul is speaking of when he speaks of our adoption as sons and the redemption of our bodies. In this passage we see that we have reason for hope and we have reason to give thanks to God also because of his supernatural and gracious intervention and provision. And what are some of those things? What are some of the things that God promises to provide in this passage? Well, first, there's this promise of that full redemption, which he speaks about in this passage. This passage helps helps us to look in faith, to our full salvation, to a full sanctification, to our ultimate glorification, where all of the promises of Scripture will become our realized reality. This passage is a passage that, that speaks about a future glory, about a future glorification which will rest upon every follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what John speaks of also in 1 John 3, verses 1 and 2, when he says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him. We shall be like Jesus, Scripture tells us. That's what 1 John speaks of, and that's what Romans 8 is speaking of as well. These passages speak of this future glorification, which will be ours and every follower of Christ. They speak of a future revelation, a future appearance, not only of Jesus, but also us in our glorified bodies, our glorified state. And in that time, we will come to know in fullness the blessing that it is to be sons and daughters of our Father in heaven. And in that day, we and creation will be completely released from anything and everything that that causes us to be held in bondage to corruption and futility. God also promises in this passage to give us hope and patience and faith. We can give thanks to God because He promises to give us hope. We see that in verses 24 and 25. And God promises to produce in us patience. And I'll suggest to you that that God also gives us Faith, that's what we read of, that's what we learn of in Ephesians chapter 2. And if you think about it, what is biblical hope? Biblical hope is faith in the promises of God. And think about those things. Patience, faith, biblical hope. These things are fruits of the Spirit. And God promises to produce in us the fruit of the Spirit as we remain in Christ, as we abide in Christ, as we rest in Him, and as we live and as we walk by the Spirit. We can also have hope and give thanks to God because God promises to give us strength in our weakness. We see that in verse 26. There too we learn that that God has also promised to give us His Spirit. And what is it that Jesus calls the Spirit? Jesus says that He gives the Spirit to be our helper, and our guide, our counselor, our friend. And in verse 27, we see one of the most important ministries of the Holy Spirit to us. And that's the ministry of intercession, where the Spirit prays to the Father according to the will of God, Paul says here. And by that, Paul means that the Holy Spirit is watching over us, praying to the Father for us, that all of the Father's desires for us as his child would be accomplished in our lives, including full sanctification, full glorification full adoption, full salvation, that all these things that Paul speaks of in this passage would be ours. Friends, that is the will of God for you. And the Spirit prays to the Father that the Father would be pleased to grant that to you and to all those who have been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. This passage also shows us that, that we can give thanks to God because God promises to give his supernatural, sovereign blessing and protection to us in such a way that he's able to cause all things to work together for our good. And we see that in verse 28. For we know that those who love, for, for those who love God, all things work together for good. For those who are called according to his purpose. Friends, for all these reasons, we can have hope and we can give thanks to God. And we can give thanks to God because he will accomplish all of his sovereign purposes for us and for his world. This passage speaks about how we and all of creation and even the Spirit himself, we all groan out under the weight of our present suffering. We can also give thanks because Jesus was willing to suffer for us. Luke 9.22, Jesus said, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed, and on the third day be raised again. We can give thanks to God because Jesus was willing to groan upon a tree under the weight of the penalty of our sin. We can give thanks to God because Jesus is coming back. We can give thanks to God because Jesus has already defeated sin and death and Satan. But when he comes back, he will yet again achieve a victory. And that will be a final and full victory over every one of these enemies of our soul. And we can give thanks because when Jesus comes back, We'll experience that full salvation, that full redemption that this passage speaks of. When he comes back, he has promised that he will take us to be where he is. In that new creation that he's preparing for us. Where we will live with him and with the Father and with the Spirit forever in our glorified bodies. And in that new creation, which is the new heavens and the new earth that Revelation 21 and 22 speak of, we will be released from all of these things that cause us to suffer and to groan out now. Let's turn to that passage. Let's turn to Revelation 21. And let's remember what are yet more reasons for us to have hope, and to give thanks to God because he is redeeming all things. Jesus has come to deliver us from the toils of this life and to prepare a place for us to be with him. Revelation 21, verses 1 through the first part of verse 5. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. That's actually a reference to there being no sin, bad things come out of the sea. Um, And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be any mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Pray with me. Lord God, we thank you that you are the God who is making all things new. You are the God who is redeeming all things. We thank you, Lord, that you have chosen from before eternity began um, to include us in the number of that part of your creation which would be redeemed. We thank you that you have caused us to be included in the number of the elect, Lord. For faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, we do suffer, but Jesus, we thank you that you gave us a model of how to suffer and how to entrust oneself to he who judges justly. You show us how we can entrust ourselves to the Father. And you have given us your spirit, that same spirit that enabled you to endure the sufferings that you face, you have given to us. And you have promised here that the Spirit will strengthen us in our weakness so that we too might endure. And you do that, Lord, as you cause us to abide in you, to remain in you, to walk by the Spirit, to live by the Spirit. And as we do that, you promise that you will produce spiritual fruit in our lives, including the fruit of hope, and joy and faith and patience. Lord, be pleased to accomplish all of these things that you have promised you would. And Lord, we look expectantly for you to do that. We thank you that greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. We thank you that that with man many things are impossible, but with you all things are possible. Lord, cause us to have a hope that that will enable us to trust in you confidently. And in those moments where we falter, we thank you that you are the good shepherd who is willing to leave the 99 to come seek after the one who is lost. Lord, keep us close to you, we pray. accomplish all of your desires for our lives we pray and for this we give you thanks in your great name amen